0: Just a warning, this podcast will contain minor spoilers for the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Can the Guardians defend the universe from the evil villain, the High Evolutionary? Will Star-Lord get over his love from long-lost Gamora? Has Groot grown into a tall oak or stuck in the weeds? And will Rocket find the family he was always looking for before too late? I'm Luke Ryan and your movie has been briefly interrupted. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill must rally his team to defend the universe and protect one of their own. If the mission is not completely successful, it could possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 closes out the trilogy started by James Gunn. The, act, the action sequences, bar 1 um, scene were they were on point. The CGI looked great and even when they were there were so many characters in the frame and creatures in the frame, nothing felt blurry or lacked the depth that you would expect. Um, Marvel has certainly upped its game on the, the visual effects since the last couple of films. Now, where the Guardians were leading the action, I felt really glued to the screen. I could kind of pick up the audience around me was the same way. Nebula's character in particular, I feel, got the best arc as her story came full circle with this one. You think back to that beginning when she was a ruthless bad guy, now to by the end of this film, a saviour, a leader, someone who's going to be responsible and chooses that responsibility for others. It was really great to see her personality shift because of the the caring that the others in the team showed her and, in turn, the way she cared for those back. I felt Star-Lord also had some really powerful moments of emotion in this film. While he didn't get as many joking moments as the previous films, I was really glad that they started to move away from this goofball or idiot he was becoming in the second film. I would have still liked more kind of space cowboy, more confident moments. I I don't think we had that that balance really right. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy is known for being its mixtape and we get those wonderful albums every time the film is released. And the music choices in this film were really energetic as we've moved up a few decades to more modern music. You know, we had some Beastie Boys in there and some other um, really great artists. Uh, My favourite needle drop was Florence and the Machine, uh, The Dog Days Are Over, one of my favourite songs. However, for me, the needle drops were way too many. And it was possibly because... I think the volume on these needle drops were really dialed up loud, it really overpowered the scene. Uh, There was one part where the Guardians were floating in space, in bright coloured spacesuits, and the music was just so loud and in your face, I really found myself pining for a bit of a movie score rather than another in your face needle drop. Now, the Guardians' combinations were really great. And I say combinations because we don't see them as a full team very often. While individually, certain characters shone more than others, uh, several times in the film, the Guardians worked in, in combination with great success and enjoyment. Whether it was um, Star-Lord and Groot dominating the enemy, jumping out of spaceships, Nebula and Star-Lord had a good moment working in combination even Cosmo and Craglin uh, were getting their moments to shine as a, a duo. It was clear in the way the team worked that they'd been on many missions and had developed a familiarity with each other and the way they work. It was really great. Rocket storyline in particular, which was the centre of this film, was so emotional. It was the driving point for the other characters and the events that occurred. This film really made you care for Rocket in a way I didn't think possible based off who he was in the second film. His tragic origin story was at times really gut-wrenching. Those scenes in particular of Rocket when he um, was brutally mutilated were both tragic and horrifying. I've never gone ...from the emotions of anger and sadness so quickly in a film. I feel like this was due to the heavy-handedness that James Gunn uh, placed on these scenes. Uh, Firstly, this film really needs a content warning to prepare you for those scenes. Uh, I knew nothing about the Guardians as a team, their adventures... ...so I went in blind to the origins of Rocket... The trailers, which I've watched back again, really didn't allude to these scenes. You saw scenes of him with with some of the other creatures that had been um, mutilated and changed, but they picked the cutest one out of the foursome in the trailers, rather than showing all of them. Uh, the problem with with these scenes as an audience is you automatically feel something strong. When you see animals, especially cute animals baby animals harmed. But this film, it really pushed it towards us as if we weren't going to feel that way without the heavy-handedness of it. I really, really struggled with these scenes and the memories of his mutilated friends. Um, it was hard to see the other characters, even in normal dialogue. There were some scenes where uh, there were four creatures in particular including Rocket, that we constantly focus on. And in the trailer, we see Rocket and we see uh, Otter. And they're not too heavily changed. They still look quite normal. But the other two animals are a walrus, which has been heavily mutilated with um, metal parts, robotic parts added, and a rabbit, which has been given spider legs, a grill, more like a muzzle. It was it was really quite hard to watch these two animals and be constantly reminded of the harm that had come to them. Um, Yeah. Uh, The film, it plays really fast and loose in who needs to be saving and who is the bad guy. Now, our villain, named the High Evolutionary, he's created a mutated army to defend himself and the Guardians, the Guardians brutally destroy them like quite gore not gory, but quite extreme compared to what we're used to when it comes to battles with Marvel films. And we're supposed to believe that these animals that have been mutilated in the same way Rocket was are not the same as Rocket. They're, they're still victims of the high evolutionary experiments, but the, the movie kind of doubles down on this idea that, oh, they've been pushed too far, so they're the bad guys, they're evil. It's the same thing that they do with the high evolutionary is that it doubles down on why are we fighting this guy? Because he's the bad guy. He's doing even more bad things. It's a really weak moment. And the whole film is about saving these animals. We even have a scene later on where Rocket pauses everything, risks everyone's life to save the animals, but not the animals that have already been modified and mutilated just like him. It was weird. Uh, Drax and Mantis are the characters, I feel, who got the worst treatment of the film. While Gunn has mildly softened Drax's stupidity from Volume 2, it wasn't enough for me. Um, Several times he made choices that screw the team, like megally screw the team. Um, And with Mantis calling him on it and labelling him stupid for his choices... But two seconds later, she takes it back. She touches him and uses her powers to make him forget. I found that really frustrating because why do you have this idiot around you? Like, it's been a long time since we've seen Drax actually be the destroyer rather than the, the fool. Um, I was really hoping for more of that destroyer, more of that heroic... Um, strength that we saw in the first film and not more of the dummy from the second. Groot is also another character who's really underused in this film. Uh, He just becomes the muscle. I guess they kind of gave up trying to get him back to where he was in the first film, which was the best. He was such an emotional and amazing character in that first film. They must have felt they couldn't get him back there. Overall, for me, it was another miss in Marvel's failed attempts to continue the legacy since Endgame. I kind of compare it to Thor in some ways. You know, Thor Ragnarok was so fantastic, and so I felt Marvel gave Taika even more reign in Thor Love and Thunder, and it didn't work as a film. It was too much. In this Marvel film, I feel like they kind of gave Gunn more free reign. It didn't work as he channeled more from his time on Suicide Squad and less from his restrained original Guardians entry. But what did you think? Well, I've got a quick review for you. Uh, Eurovision has just finished and I've been watching Netflix's Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. This film has tremendous songs, especially the finale song. Uh, Due to that, I've probably watched it several times. And it's really grown on me, considering I reviewed it initially and was not that happy with it. (laughs) It's one of those films you just keep seeing more and more things. I, In particular, I love the cameos from the previous Eurovision acts. Um, and it's a real treat to spot them in amongst the films and during some of the song performances. The fact that they even got commentator Graham Norton to appear makes it a true companion to Eurovision. Uh, check it out in the show notes. You've been listening to Movie Interrupted, a Tom Drum podcast. Learn more about the show at instagram.com slash and see the other podcasts available now. I'm Luke Ryan and thanks for listening.